Vasudevasutam devam Tansujanuramardanam Devaki paramarandam Krishnam vannev jagat guram Hi and welcome to Gita Girl. My name is Sharmila and the Gita Girl podcast is about how to live skillfully and be your best self by using the advice in the Bhagavad Gita. Jai Sri Krishna Shaila. Jai Sri Krishna Sharmila. Today's podcast is about how to deal with jerks. No, can I say that? <laughs> how to deal with bleep people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keeping it uh, PG. We asked you all to share with us some of the challenging situations that you find yourself in, times when you're dealing with a difficult personality, and you all were very generous. So thank you to everybody who shared. Um, And we're going to share a few of those questions here today in our podcast and respond the way we think our therapist Krishna would respond. I want to clarify As we've talked about in previous episodes, Krishna is not prescriptive. We are going to give you verses from the Gita that we suggest and in which Krishna gives guidelines for certain scenarios. And then you have to figure out the rest. So you're not off the hook. You still have some work to do. And good luck with that. But we're here to try and help. And I think the good thing about a lot of these questions are that they are pretty universal. We picked the questions that we think would be applicable to most people's situations. So take the advice that is shared from the Gita and use it to address this challenging person in your life. We got a lot of questions. Um, It seems like everybody has bleep people in their life and Funnily enough, all the questions had two things in common. It was either family members or work colleagues. That's right. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family members and you can't pick your colleagues. We got a lot of questions, so we cannot get to all the questions in today's podcast, but we picked a sample that we think will help everyone. And keep your questions coming because who knows, they might appear in a future podcast if we don't get to them today. Something I noticed about pretty much all of the questions that came in is that the overarching theme is, should I speak up when someone is behaving badly or not? And if I speak up, how do I go about doing that? So this is one of the most confusing dilemmas to deal with and requires careful thought and delicate handling. It comes up repeatedly throughout life. Even in the words of William Shakespeare, to be or not to be, (laughs) that is the question, right? To speak or not to speak. Shut up or put up. Right, exactly. In fact, the entire Bhagavad Gita came out of this very dilemma. It was time for Arjun to stand up to his family and go to war with them, an extreme circumstance to be sure. Yet, despite many years of preparation for this very moment, when the time actually came, Arjun got totally confused and didn't even know whether he should confront them or not. Arjun was the warrior. It was his responsibility to destroy his family and uphold righteousness. So the root of the entire Gita is Lord Krishna coaching Arjun on how to deal with this situation. 
So the first question to ask yourself when a family member or work colleague is behaving badly is, is speaking up my duty? Is this my responsibility? For example, if a colleague keeps making the same mistake over and over again, it's probably your responsibility to step in because this is a joint project. The outcome impacts the work you're doing. And so you have to step in and correct the behavior. But let's say you have a friend and many of us have had friends who are maybe in a relationship that is, from what you can see, not so great for them, maybe in a toxic place. Do you keep saying something to them? I think these are really tough issues in both situations where maybe standing up and saying something is the right thing to do initially. And in a work situation, maybe it's right to keep repeating it and keep trying to correct the mistake versus with your friend. You want to save the relationship. You want to maybe share advice and then just kind of sit back and let them make their own decision. The first thing that you have to address is, is this my duty? Right. Is this my responsibility? There's a situation where it is your responsibility. It is your duty to say something. And there's a situation where it is not. And I think things will become much clearer as we address individual questions and we delve into the verses and discuss the advice from the Bhagavad Gita. So here we go. The first question is, I have a close family member who lies to me and I know they're lying. How do I keep just doing my duty when each time the same experience keeps reoccurring? And I clarified with this listener, are the lies harming you? And the listener said, it's more like somebody deliberately being unhelpful, lying just to be unhelpful and be annoying, and it's not actively harming me. So let's take a look at chapter 3, verse 26, in which Lord Krishna says that if somebody is ignorant and exhibiting ignorant behavior, and they're attached to their ignorance, meaning they have absolutely no interest in rectifying their behavior. Their behavior is what it is. They're attached to it. They have no interest in evolving or changing in any way, shape, or form. He literally says, do not unsettle the mind of ignorant people. Because if you try and unsettle the mind of ignorant people, all you'll do is annoy them and annoy yourself. Lord Krishna says that in this case, with these sorts of people, all you can do is set a good example by performing your own duty and, in addition, curb your expectations of them. So, in that case, if you have called out this person maybe once, maybe twice, and they are refusing to change their behavior and they carry on lying, so then they are who they are. They're not going to change. Let it go. And I think we all can picture that person in our family or a couple of persons that are pretty stubborn and are engaged in some behavior, whether it's, as the listener said, lying perpetually, or if it's somebody that makes harmful comments. You know, I think there are gradations of 
being stubborn and engaging in problematic behavior, right? And I think you have to decide when, if you've stood up for yourself and stood up for others and said something to them, and they still continue to engage in that behavior, then you have to decide how much you're going to engage with them. Correct. Right. So the second part of this question is, how do you keep just doing your duty when each time the same experience keeps reoccurring? Well, then that requires some thought. What is your duty to them? In my opinion, then your duty changes, your duty shifts. If somebody is deliberately lying to be unhelpful to you, then that changes your duty towards them. Right. If this is who they are and if you've addressed it and spoken up. So doing your duty could also mean minimizing contact. Right. Because as we've said a couple of podcasts ago, you also have a duty to yourself, to your mental and physical well-being. Absolutely. And if this is doing your head in, then you have to think, what's my duty to that person? It's a balancing act between duty to that person and duty to yourself. And I I just want to underscore, underline, and highlight this point, because we often think of duty as being submissive and doing your duty at your own peril, that you have to keep allowing behaviors to happen. And your duty is to be quiet and allow that to happen, whether in South Asian culture, often that means respecting your elders and allowing them to say things that are inappropriate or rude or hurtful, or there's any number of reasons why sometimes we don't say anything. But I just really want to state again what you just said, Sharmila, and what we've said in podcasts before, that part of your duty is to yourself. And it's a critical piece of your duty to yourself and setting your own boundaries knowing and understanding what those boundaries are and drawing that line in the sand if you need to, particularly if that behavior is harmful to you. It's interesting you said that as South Asians, we are trained to respect our elders no matter what. Right. However, harking back to the Gita, Arjun had to fight his great-grandfather, his teachers, Other elders who he should have in an ideal world respected, they were on the side of evil. This is in a South Asian text, right? It is really good to be reminded of this, honestly. The South Asian Bible, if you will. The Bhagavad Gita is about Krishna saying to Arjun, I don't care if they're your elders. That's right. They're doing wrong. Yeah. Do something. Your teachers, all these people that we've taught to respect, if they're engaging in harmful behavior, it is your duty, it's your responsibility to deal with that. Yeah. I do feel oftentimes our elders use their positions of power, as you said, to say mean things, to be nasty. But I'll give you an example. My children, I'm definitely elder to them. They have every right to question me, to call me out, so long as they do it respectfully. That's right. They have every right to question my actions, if I'm saying something mean, if I'm being nasty, and I may not know it, but they have often called me out. They're allowed to do that. So oftentimes with our elders, and I've had this experience When I have called out an elder, literally this happened to me recently, 
I have called out an elder and I said, you know, I'm just trying to understand why you did this and help me understand. They said to me, you know what? This is the problem with you. You make a mountain out of a molehill. Get out of my house. They literally said straight up, get out of my house. That's ridiculous. Because even me saying something is insolence. Even though it's respectful, I'm not accusing them of anything. I'm asking them to help me understand. They knew that what they did was wrong. They didn't want to deal with it. But instead of me leaving, I stood up and very calmly made my points. And I just carried on talking very calmly. And they came around at the end because they saw I was not raising my voice. I was being very respectful. But initially, yes, in the South Asian mindset, even speaking up is insolence. It's true. And in this verse that you mentioned, it says, be an example. Right. You know, in the same way that your kids were speaking respectfully to you and telling you that whatever you were doing or whatever tone you're using with them, they didn't appreciate or whatever that example was. And in this example that you used with your other relative, you used a very respectful tone. Even though they were shouting at me, I never lost my cool. I kept chanting. (laughs) I was chanting in my mind um, because I was so nervous, but I just did not lose my cool. That's our duty too, right? To stand up for yourself, but do it in a respectful way. It's not just the action, but it's how you engage in a particular action. That's part of your duty. A duty is not just that action. It's it's the full context of how you engage with others. Yes. Stay even-minded. I was able to stay even-minded, which was a little miracle, quite frankly. Right. Right. And I think another important point is that when you were saying your kids said something to you, my kids have certainly said something to me about the tone of use and the words that I've said. But it's up to me at that point to take what they say and change my behavior. That's not their responsibility anymore. They've done their duty. They've said what they needed to say. And now it's my responsibility, my own unique individual responsibility to take that information and change or not change. But either way, other people's journey is not your responsibility. As frustrating as that is. Right. It's hard. It's hard to see people listen to your feedback and listen to your advice and continue down that same path. We're not saying that's not going to be frustrating, but I think part of dealing with that frustration is realizing that people are on their own journey and you're not responsible. You did your best in that moment. You said what you had to say. Now it's time for you to let it go. In chapter 2, verse 47, Lord Krishna says that your right is to work only. Your right is only to your actions, never to the results. So when you speak up to a family member, just as I spoke up to mine, I literally went with this mindset that however this shakes down, I am doing my duty and I can sleep at night knowing that I had to speak up. I had to speak up. And this is after, I'm not joking, 30 years of taking this. Okay. <laughs> this isn't like. Sometimes it takes a minute. You know, listen, we're all programmed in many ways. All the different cultures that we belong to have left their little messages, some positive and some pretty negative. So it takes a while to get over those things, but you did. And you know, this is work. Yeah. Speaking up, doing it because it's your duty, doing it with even mindedness and with your intelligence open and doing it, understanding 
that all you own is your action and you cannot have any expectation of how it's going to land or any expectation of what the result's going to be because that is out of your control. And that's so freeing and it really helps you deal with the situation because you know, before I can say this many times when I give what I think is helpful advice, and it's not received the way that I intended to receive, it's frustrating. It's annoying when you give advice to a friend and they go about doing the same thing. It's frustrating when you feel like you're giving helpful advice and people continue engaging in a certain behavior. But I think if you look at it, you know, the way we look at all of our actions, say, you're doing this for Krishna, you're doing this for a larger effort, you're doing this for your karma, you did your duty, and then you have no say in how it lands and in the outcome. Do it and then let it go. And it's helpful when you understand that the only thing you have control over is your action in that moment and nothing else. It's really helpful to not get frustrated by what you perceive should be a change in that person's behavior or what the quote unquote right outcome is. Again, keep asking yourself in any particular situation, is speaking up my dharma, my duty, my responsibility or not? The Bhagavad Gita says in chapter 3 verse 35 that you have to do your duty and your duty alone. The duty of another is fraught with fear and danger. So I'll give you an example. I currently have a family member who is being abusive to many other family members, including myself. But they're clearly struggling with their mental health and would benefit from professional help. However, they are part of a perfectly capable nuclear family who seem not to be addressing the situation. So by me actually going up to them or a family member who's not their nuclear family going up to them and saying, you need help, is that our duty or not? And my one vote is no, it's not my duty. I think if I go up to them and say something, I think not only will that person take it badly, but their whole family will take it very badly. So then I've got to let that go. I am certainly doing what I need to do to protect myself from their abuse. Therapy, keeping my distance, not engaging, taking my mind off the issue. But speaking up in this case, I truly believe is not my duty. Yeah, I think this is a really tough one. And I think it's also hard because I think we oftentimes feel it's our responsibility to fix problems and fix people and address situations around us. And I think we have to remember how we defined duty in our first podcast, which is doing the right thing at the right time in the right context. And I think you really have to weigh what is the real benefit of me sharing advice. And in this situation, you know, if the nuclear family is not doing something to your point, maybe there's a reason for it. And maybe this is not the time to step up. Mm. So we have um, another question from one of our listeners. When you are trying to follow dharma by doing the right thing, how do you then work with difficult people who absolutely do not respect you for doing the right thing? 
oftentimes when we do the right thing, we expect other people to respect that. If not give us a pat on the back, then certainly not to be difficult, right? Certainly not spit in our face for our trouble, Absolutely. right? When we perceive that they don't believe that what we're doing is the right thing, I think it's all the more sort of shocking because we feel fully convicted in our belief. We think we're doing them a favor with a sense of self-righteousness. But our belief is just our belief, right? Right. We've talked about dharma. means doing the right thing at the right place at the right time, given your capabilities, given your strengths and the people in the situation. And only you know the container of the circumstances That's of right. your situation. Similarly, only other people know the container of the circumstances in their situation. Absolutely. Your duty is uniquely yours. Your situation and circumstance is uniquely yours. And we have to respect that other people's situation is uniquely theirs too. You don't know how they came to the decision that they came to. You don't know what obligations maybe they have at home. You don't know what values they were raised with. You don't know what they perceive to be the outcome of their action. You don't have any of that information. All of our behavior is so complex and unique to ourselves. And so I think understanding that is critical to helping let go of your expectation of their behavior or whatever the outcome you expect to happen. We try and control other people's karma, other people's actions. But once we have done our responsibility, the rest of it doesn't concern us. And now I must walk away. Exactly. And this question asks, what do we do when people don't respect you for doing the right thing? From what we've been talking about, it seems like you're not necessarily even owed their respect. You shouldn't expect respect. Just do your duty because it's the right thing to do. And if they like it, great. If they don't like it, great. You just have to treat all the outcomes as sort of equal, which you know, as I'm saying it, it's so tough because it's hard not to take it personally. It's hard not to feel angry and frustrated. You definitely don't expect them to be difficult in return for you doing the right thing, but they are who they are. You just have to do your dharma and do the right thing because that's what it is. It's the right thing for you, for you, particularly with your set of circumstances. And you just have to let go of the expectation of what that outcome is going to be. Let go of the expectation that they will approve or right. even respect you. Right. Or even not be difficult. Right. Right. In chapter 3, verse 25, Lord Krishna says that the ignorant act with expectations but the wise act without expectations, doing the best that they can for the good of all. What he's saying here is it's much easier to be your best self if you're unattached to the results and also unattached to the behavior of others. It's much easier to let go of negativity this way. Being attached to the behavior of others and how they're going to respond to our actions brings us down. Doing something because it's the right thing to do and because it's your duty to do so is a far more sustainable practice than if you're seeking a particular result that you have in mind, even if it's somebody else's approval. Exactly. Because think of how much you calibrate your actions based on how you think they'll be perceived. I mean, so oftentimes what you 
think will be the right action, you might dilute or do less than that because you're scared of what people are going to think, what they're going to say, how they're going to perceive it, if they'll be mad at you. And you don't say what you should say in the moment. You don't act the way you should act in the moment because you're scared of all of those things. But if you didn't and you truly let go of that expectation, I just think we would behave so much better. Our own actions would be better, right? Because it would be sort of divorced of how we want people to behave. And also think of how much time we spend being upset or angry or frustrated by people's reactions when we think that we're saying the right thing or doing the right thing. And if we just took away that little bit, we could put that energy into continuing to think about what your duty is and what the right course of action is, because that takes work. That takes homework. Lord Krishna urges us to do our duty, act as our higher selves with the knowledge that this is our duty and of most karmic benefit to us. We're doing it for us. We are not doing it for anyone else. In chapter three, verse 30, Lord Krishna says, do your duty with Lord Krishna in mind as Lord Krishna is your CEO and boss. Think of God, the universe, whatever you're doing, you're doing it for Krishna. He's your boss at work. Yes. Without being distracted by your own projections, your own hopes, your own attachments. In this way, you will be able to let go of your anxiety, perform to your optimal level. And the sooner we let go of our expectations of other people's actions and responses, the better it will be for us. That's so true. I mean, I think you always hear about this too. As people get older, they get less concerned with other people think. And it's always described as, I just feel freer. But it's true. You don't have to wait till you're much older to behave like that. You can let go of those expectations and experience that same sort of freedom at any time, at any point. We all have the power to do that. And talking about freedom in chapter 3, verse 31, Krishna goes on to say, that the people who are full of faith in this teaching have full faith that what they're doing, they're doing for Krishna, and they constantly follow this teaching. He says they are liberated from the bondage of action, meaning do your duty without mentally obsessing about your attachments or the expectations. He says that you're actually liberated and it's liberating. And oftentimes if you don't have this perspective and you are doing your duty, keep doing your duty and feel like you don't get the accolades or the respect that you deserve, it can feel like you're drowning, right? Absolutely. Even that word duty, it doesn't always have a positive connotation, right? It feels burdensome. It feels like oh, Lord, this is my duty. I have to do this. You don't ever associate it with something that you enjoy doing. But if you kind of flip it and think of doing your duty is your opportunity towards your own personal growth, all the action that you do and you engage in and doing it in a way where you don't have attachment to the outcome is just part of your own personal journey of being a stronger, better version of whatever you want to be then I think there's a lightness to that. That makes it feel less burdensome because, as you said, you can think of it as to benefit your karma, but maybe something more concrete is just to think of it as your own journey towards personal growth. 
So our next question is, how do you act and what is your duty when the people around you act like assholes? (laughs) (laughs) Is that one beep or two? Beep, beep, or beep? (laughs) Is it just a beep over the ass? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Act like beep holes. (laughs) (laughs) So in chapter 12, verse 15, Lord Krishna says, don't get agitated and don't agitate others. So what he's saying is, if somebody is a beep hole, that shouldn't turn you into a beep hole. Right. Just because somebody's doing that to you, it is not okay for you to turn around and do it right back to them. As tempting as that is, don't give in to that temptation. It's not good for your karma and it's certainly not your duty. Right. It's really hard to do. And he also says in chapter 3, verse 21, whatever a great man does, the same is done by others as well. Whatever standards he sets, people follow. So our behavior and reactions most often set a standard for others to follow suit. I'm not saying that you should just sit there and take it. There's a difference between protecting yourself and striking back. That's right. Very important. So stay true to yourself. Draw those lines. Make that boundary. Yeah, make that boundary, but don't stoop to their level. Chapter 12, verse 15, don't get agitated. Do whatever it takes. Draw those boundaries so you don't get agitated. Walk away, address it, but don't stoop to their level. Don't agitate others. And haven't you ever been in an argument with somebody, maybe I'll speak for myself, (laughs) when they are being very reasonable and you are losing your mind, like you're yelling, acting like the most poor version of yourself and they are calm and cool and collected the whole time. And it makes you bonkers and crazy, but that doesn't change the way they react. They're still calm and cool and collected. And honestly, I'm so irritated and frustrated when I interact with those people, but I also learn something from them. And I think that's what this verse is saying, that even in the face of dealing with somebody who's foolish and in this situation, it would be me, still act calm and collected or even minded in addressing the situation and stay true to yourself. And honestly, you could be teaching someone a better way to behave. And it's certainly true for me, which they set an example of how I would like to behave. So I think this is an important thing. All of us deal with individuals that make us crazy and you want to stoop to their level, but you really have to fight that temptation. Engage with them if it makes sense in that situation, but engage with them in a way that's productive and in a way that sets an example for people to follow. And if it's something that is harmful to you, then step away if you can or disengage, don't engage. Right, right. What about the next question, Shayla? I have another question on my agenda. All right, so let's take this one step further. And our next question is, what do you do if people are malicious towards you in the name of duty? How do you handle that situation? Yeah, back to the Gita, man. If it's your responsibility to say something, which I do think if people are malicious towards you and you cannot disengage and walk away, 
and end that relationship with them or protect yourself in that way, then according to Krishna and the whole Bhagavad Gita, you got to stand up and be counted. Again, not stooping to their level, not taking the opportunity to agitate them and not expecting that our words or actions will be appreciated. Lord Krishna says that nobody has a right to treat you badly. In fact, Lord Krishna says in chapter 17, verses 6 and 19, no one has the right to treat you maliciously or badly. Lord Krishna uses the words tamsik and demoniacal to describe such people. He says the people who senselessly torture either themselves or others know these people to be of demoniacal resolve. And as we said before, maintaining your own boundaries is important. You have a duty to yourself. Yes. So speaking up, not taking it, walking away, these are all actions that are options and sanctioned by the Bhagavad Gita. Lord Krishna says that the people who are demoniacal refuse to acknowledge their bad behavior, refuse to change their behavior, and they find fault with the teachings of the Gita and the philosophies of right conduct. He says in chapter 3, verse 32, these people are deluded in the matter of all knowledge, senseless and lost. He says they bring about their own ruin because they are rejecting the higher path, refusing to behave better and instead keep creating bad karma. Now, Lord Krishna knows that chapter 3 verse 32, this verse, deluded in the matter of all knowledge, senseless and lost, he knows that reading verse 32, we can easily fall into judging other people. So he goes on to say in verse 33, the very next verse, everyone, everyone, even the learned, even the wise, are in their own heads. Everyone interprets, thinks, believes, acts according to their own nature and their own understanding and their own beliefs. And everyone's opinion is swayed by their own belief system and nature. So don't judge them. Do you have a responsibility, a duty to yourself and your own protection and your safety? Yes, absolutely. But judging them that they're 100% wrong and you're 100% right, I don't know about that. And you know what? This is a tough one to take because I think judging people is one of our favorite pastimes. You know, And I think whether it's watching reality shows or judging the actions of everybody around us, you know, it's something that we do constantly. And I think it's really important to remember that we talked about everybody's duty being unique to them. And you don't know what road they've traveled to get to the place where they are, or to get to the place where they're making the decisions that they've made. And they don't know about your situation either. And so I think we have to remember that we can't judge anybody's actions. Their journey is uniquely theirs. Your journey is uniquely yours. The only thing that you have control of is your action, you doing the right action at that right time, and letting go of any thought about other people's reactions. 
Lord Krishna says, let go of judging others and let go of other people's judgment of you. Mm. It's not our place to judge others, nor are we capable of accurately judging them because we can't see the truth anyway. We can only see what we perceive based on the fact that we are in this body with this mind, with this experience based on our own mindset. So everybody's thinking is unique to them and is never the entire picture. It's true. We think that this is the truth, but it's not. We think our truth is a universal truth and it's just not. And it's really hard not to think that way because sometimes you can feel so solid in the fact that you're doing the right thing and someone else is doing the wrong thing. But of course, there are some things that are clearly right or wrong. But for the most part, we don't know what brings people to their decisions. We've gone through all the questions that we were going to today. So the points, the takeaways from today's podcast is number one, do your duty, do it for your own evolution and karma. Do it because Lord Krishna is your boss and that way you'll be liberated and it's a liberating mindset. Number two, let go of your expectations of other people's responses. That's never up to you and it'll only give you sorrow. Number three, let go of your judgments of other people's actions. You have no right to judge them as they have no right to judge you because everyone is unique in their own way of thinking. Number four, set a good example. Do your duty and set a good example. Oftentimes that's all you can do. And number five, don't strike back. Protect yourself absolutely, but think protect, not revenge, not injure. Those are the five points. Those are great. And who knows, you might inspire somebody with your action. Thank you all for tuning in to season four. We have had an incredible time doing these episodes on Dharma and have learned a lot about parenting, about our kids, about dealing with difficult people and just what it means to do your Dharma. And hopefully you have learned a few things along the way too. As we always say, this work requires practice. So we'll be practicing. You continue to practice connect with us through our socials and through email. We'd love to hear from you and how things are going. Remember that you can catch us on Instagram and Facebook at geetthegirlpodcast.com. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear them. This entire podcast was inspired by them. You can message us on Facebook or Instagram. You can also email us at sharmila at geetthegirl.com. And we look forward to connecting again in 2023 with our season five. Jesse Krishna. Jesse Krishna. Vasudeva Sutam Devam Tansujanura Mardanam Devaki Paramarandam Krishnam Vandev Jagat Guram